Welcome to the Vinyl Dawn Podcast for Thursday, March 19th. Um, it has been a very volatile evening. So the S&P futures are flat right now. They had rallied initially after the ECB announcement last night. So they're flat right now at about uh, 2395. They had hit about 2450 last night after the ECB came out and ramped its QE program. And then they slid all the way down to below uh, 2300 at one point, given some turmoil in Asia. And they've since kind of rebounded back to flat. So, you know, I think, you know, this market obviously been, has been grappling with a slew of forces lately. Um, specifically, you have obviously a lot of liquidity driven forced price action occurring before selling. You have intense pressures in U.S. dollar funding markets. You've seen that in the dollar spike lately. That's creating a lot of pressure for um, especially emerging market countries. And you kind of saw that overnight. South Korea, Taiwan suffered. Um, and just have and you have ongoing pain in corporate credit markets related to a lot of solvency concerns, um, specifically around travel, leisure and aerospace, and then as well as energy. So I think you kind of have a lot of those forces swirling around that's creating a lot of panic. Um, and you've obviously seen, um, you know, enormous volatility lately. Just kind of taking a step back and looking at some of the news overnight, you know, I think the big theme as far as incremental headlines is just enormous responses coming from central bankers and politicians. So the ECB was a big blockbuster um, news of the evening. They came out and introduced this entirely new 750 billion euro um, QE program that will supplement its existing QE program. So remember last Thursday, it announced a new 120 billion euro dollar one, and then has the existing 20 billion euro per month one. So, you know, I'm not going to go through all the numbers here. I, I lay everything out in the vital dawn today, but the numbers out of Europe, as far as um, its asset purchase program, and remember Europe can buy corporate bonds in addition to sovereign debt um, is enormous. It's much higher than it had ever been um, as in the history of the asset purchase program. So at its peak level, the asset purchase program was buying about 85 billion a month based on these numbers, which are open-ended. The ECB says, you know, they could head higher. They're going to be doing about 115 billion a month on average. Um, so an enormous response from the ECB as far as bond buying. And you're seeing that in Eurozone sovereign spreads, which are collapsing lower. So Italy in particular has been a huge area of concern the Italian 10-year yield yesterday at one point hit 3%. It's now cut in half, essentially. It's about 1.6% and falling as we speak. So you're seeing a huge response in Europe and European credit markets, I will say, too, are responding as well. So remember that the ECB has the authority to buy sovereign and corporate debt. You're seeing corporate uh, stresses in Europe this morning so far ease. Um that is separate from what's occurring, again, in emerging market countries, which are experiencing a lot of U.S. dollar funding stresses. So sovereign yields rose in a lot of emerging market countries overnight, um, you know, Indonesia, South Korea, et cetera. So that is still an issue that needs to be resolved. The Fed opened up its FX swap lines um, over the weekend. That should help at some point. And now you have, a, you have a lot of chatter that you could see some G7 intervention on FX markets just to kind of alleviate some of the dollar strength. Um, and, and lift some of the pressure on these emerging market countries, which are struggling to secure adequate dollar funding. Um, so those are kind of two dichotomies this morning, as far as the dollar funding stresses, and then and then what's occurring in Europe. You had a slew of central banks. So beyond the ECB, you had a slew of central banks come out and cut rates. Um, the most notable was probably the RBA, which not only cut rates but also for the first time in its history launched its own QE um, program. So you have now the RBA is out there buying bonds in addition to a slew of other central banks. Um, you know, some of the other rate cuts that you saw, uh, Brazil, Indonesia, Philippines, Taiwan, all cut rates. 
you had Japan and South Korea intervening in markets, just aiming to kind of calm some of the tensions that you're seeing. So huge monetary response to the struggles that we are seeing. So there really should not be any liquidity concerns left, although there still are very justified solvency concerns. And that gets to the second issue. So remember in the US, we have these kind of three stimulus bills. Stimulus A has been passed, signed into law. Stimulus B was passed by the Senate last night, signed into law last night. So that's out of the way. Stimulus C is the big one. That is what's being negotiated as we speak. You saw a ton of headlines yesterday. You're going to see a ton more headlines today. That is the trillion dollar plus number. Again, you're seeing a lot of double counting, and you're seeing a lot of um, you know some of the re- some of the headlines are 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 calling talking about 1.3 trillion. That is adding in this IRS decision to defer tax payments for 90 days, which, according to White House um, estimates, will free up about 300 billion of liquidity. So some people are adding that to that 1 trillion to get 1.3 trillion. You know, d- depend. It's it's a semantical issue at this point, kind of what constitutes a fiscal stimulus, what constitutes liquidity. Um, but you know, I, the the one trillion plus number um, is certainly a package that uh, is being negotiated. So the Republicans are coalescing around a plan. I uh, include the details this morning in the Vital Dawn. Um, the big bulk of it would be two two hundred fifty billion dollar checks in aggregate sent to Americans. Um, the first one coming in early April, the second one coming in May, um, and then some other assistance, $50 billion for airlines, $150 billion of assistance for other stressed industries, um, and then there's some other some other items. Um, the Democrats are working on their own counterproposal. So Pelosi um, is cutting lead, leading the charge on that front. The numbers they seem both sides of the aisle are, are comfortable with $1 trillion plus. It's just a question of the details. So um, it's not clear how quickly this is going to be able to move through Congress, but the solvency issues as far as uh, um, travel, leisure, and aerospace companies, those are very acute. That needs to be addressed imminently, um, in my opinion. You saw a lot of that price action yesterday where you saw a lot of hotel stocks, casino stocks, airline stocks, Boeing. These are all trading as if they have um, you know, enormous, acute, immediate balance sheet stresses. These are trading... Not this is not an issue any longer of lost earnings. It's an issue of solvency um, and and bankruptcy ultimately. And you saw that you saw a lot of that trading yesterday, and you saw it in credit. And then credit is kind of feeding back into equities, and you have this um, you know negative feedback loop that needs to be broken, and it can only be broken um, with some type of response out of this stimulus C bill as far as providing assistance to those travel leisure companies. It's unclear. What form the assistance is going to take? It will it be equity injections? Will it be liquidity guarantees? Will it be some type of very generous loans? But that needs to happen um, immediately, as far as in the interest of markets, as far as settling market anxiety. Um, so I personally think it would be helpful maybe to split up the stimulus scene into a few separate smaller bills, just to make it easier to go through Congress. Um, that's so far I don't really believe is kind of on the table. I think they want to do everything together. Um, but again, you have. You know, the Republicans have one plan and Democrats will have a counter proposal. And it's just unclear how quickly um, it's going to take to move through. But like I said, you know, you have you have very, very acute solvency stresses in corporate credit markets that Fed liquidity will not do much to address. Um, So those are the biggest themes by far. Um, Just, you know, just kind of uh, responses from politicians and central bankers to uh, current stresses. A lot of uh, company-specific news from various companies, either withdrawing guidance, either suspending dividends, suspending buybacks, um, talking about the fallout from some of the business trends you are seeing. 
you know, I think a lot of company-specific news is irrelevant in this market. I think a lot of economic data is completely irrelevant. Uh, most people appreciate that you are going to see an enormous crater left um, as a result of the coronavirus. And the question is, um, can the policy response be adequate to help bridge the economy and financial markets um, until this overhang lifts? And, and I think that's kind of the big debate and dilemma right now. So um, I sent around a calendar. I have a calendar for next week in there. But like I said, all the scheduled events are, are largely irrelevant. I think it's going to be a lot of these big unscheduled events. And I lay out, uh, I have I have a list of all the big ones in the Vital Dawn today. And I sent it out yesterday, um, you know, as far as just various different actions on fiscal front, monetary policy. You know, you still have this question of of the Fed being granted additional authorization and I think it would make a lot of sense given that you have Mnuchin on Capitol Hill negotiating very intensely with both sides on the stimulus bill to perhaps slip into it some additional powers for the Fed, specifically this whole issue of being able to buy corporate bonds. So you had Bernanke and Yellen wrote an op-ed yesterday morning in the FT calling for that authority to be granted. You obviously had that Rosengren speech from a while ago. Um, you know, that that would be very helpful in the environment as far as just a, from a sentiment perspective. Again, you're not going to see the Fed, um, you know, go prop up a lot of these companies that have very legitimate solvency questions. But I think in general, you're seeing a couple of industries, specifically aerospace, travel leisure, and then energy um, are decimating the entire corporate bond landscape. So to the extent the Fed would be able to have some type of um, power to intervene in those markets that would obviously be very helpful. No, no word really on that uh, happening. You have a lot of voices calling for it, but I have not seen much that um, you know it's actually about to be inserted into some of these pieces of legislation. Um, so that is kind of everything. I know I ran through a lot. There's a lot of news again. I have everything um, included in the Vital Dawn today. Not too much in terms of um, you know travel and assembly restrictions, incremental ones. There is a lot of talk that London could impose a relatively strict lockdown as soon as today or tomorrow. Um, so there could be some more headlines on that front. Uh, nothing super new in terms of the case progressions. It's largely the same as before where progress in Asia, there had been, there has been a lot of concern about kind of um, some of these, uh, a, a new wave of infections in China as individuals return and as the economy starts to normalize. I think the numbers so far are relatively small. I do, so I don't, I don't think that that's um, a big issue to worry about, although clearly it's something to monitor. Um, and then you still have Italy, which is, you know, I think the, the big, uh, it's ground zero right now for everyone's focus, where you still see the numbers. The numbers were out yesterday during trading. Um, the numbers are still escalating at an alarming rate in Italy. So that is everything for today. Uh, like I said, on the calendar, nothing, in terms of scheduled news, there's nothing all that important. You're going to have a ton more headlines. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have a ton more headlines out of Washington on uh, this stimulus C negotiation process. Trump has been um, teasing some type of an FDA-related announcement. He he teased it all day yesterday. It's supposed to be today at some point. I don't know what it is going to be. I doubt it will be all that incremental um, in terms of markets. I think the big, you know, as far as treatments and vaccines, you have a lot of various different treatments that are being experimented. A lot of them have had success in certain patients. I don't necessarily think that it's a treatment issue so much as it's a, you know, preventing infection um, and then and then having some type of a, a vaccine in place. And that's going to be, you know, 12 to 18 months. So I don't necessarily think we should get too excited about a lot of the treatment headlines. There are a lot of various different treatments in place with a lot of existing antiviral drugs um, that have been effective in various different countries. 
Um, so it's, you know, again, it's unclear kind of what this FDA announcement is going to be, but I, I doubt it will be super incremental. So that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.